Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is the Ball and Roll Pick and Pot. My name is Rich. I'm one of your co-hosts. We've got a ton to discuss. Fantasy football semi uh, conference finals happening this week. We got an interview with Tyler Hero. We're going to show you that at the very end of the episode. Also, check out BallandRoll.com for the best basketball content on the web shop.ballandroll.com for the hottest basketball merch on the web. We're talking a bunch of different stuff, fantasy football, football picks, but we're also a basketball pod, so we're going to talk some Raptors. We're going to talk some all-decade stuff. We're going to talk why returning to Toronto. We have a ton to discuss, but first of all, Kevin, what's happening, my dude? You know what it is. I hear hustling, trying to make some bread, you know, trying to get my carbs up. You know what it is? See, see what I did there? The little, the little, uh-huh. but it is what it is. But um, yeah, a little under the weather too. Chicago Bulls did, you know, did we run at the table? Patriots, everyone's counting us out already. But it, you know, what else is new? What else is new? This is every year. Yeah, this but, is uh, just, this is December. Yeah, this is December. Exactly. Dude, Patriots season goes like this, right? Okay, first we have like a great start. And then, you know, we start um, losing to some good teams, and then everybody starts doubting us. And then you got to run some scandal in there somewhere yeah, around December time. Exactly. And then we start running the table, beat some bad teams, and then we make it into the playoffs, and then we beat the best teams. Yeah. And, then the and, and then, like, November and December, you guys have, like, the classic. You lose a game to a good team because you don't want to sh- show too much of your uh, – of your offensive schemes. No, nah, no. Nah. See, okay. like, we like playing with that chip on the shoulder. Um, uh-huh. Speaking of oh, the yeah. chip on the shoulder, did you hear about Dwight Howard? Um, so when he started the season, apparently he requested for a non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed contract just so he can go out there and prove himself. Interesting. I didn't know he actually requested that. Yeah, he requested that because apparently, like, well, he wants to go out there prove chip on the shoulder, man. People undervalue well, <laughs> under- that basically. It's like here's a fully guaranteed max contract. Nah, nah, nah. nah. I don't want that. I have a chip on my shoulder. Give me a partially guaranteed <laughs> veterans minimum. Exactly. Um, I respect. But that. I respect you, by the way, how you, you mentioned uh, how you how you're hustling and getting bread. You know yeah. who's getting bread and not hustling? Um, um, Pillsbury Dough Man. No, no, no. I don't know how you thought of that. I was thinking about David Fisdale. Oh, yeah. Busy living a good life. Yeah, he's living a good life. He's got another year that he's getting paid for where where he doesn't have to work. He just has to stay home with his beautiful wife. That's it. That's pretty nice. That's a really good life. But also, at the same time, it seems like a lot of people on Twitter, like, I saw Kendrick Perkins write, like, a massive tweet congratulating David Fisdale on or on being fired. Yeah. Like, Wait, Kendrick Perkins th- wrote something? Yeah, on Twitter. It, it seems like a lot of people were just congratulating him on getting fired. And it's like, I mean, okay, like, keep, let's keep in mind, this guy's an NBA coach because he loves coaching in a basketball team. So... I know he got fired and he's still going to be getting paid and he's gone from a really bad organization, but like he doesn't have a job right now. So like, let's not just get too crazy with all the congratulations. Well, like, could you imagine, you know, you come into the season and you're like, okay, you know what? Let's get a good roster. You know, we drafted a solid young guy in RJ Barrett. We have a good foundation over there with Kevin Knox, who's a pretty good small forward slash power forward. And, you know, bring in a few guys. But then all of a sudden you signed three power forwards. Oh, they brought on the only power forwards. Dude, that's strictly the free agency signings this year for the Knicks has been power forwards and that's it. And yeah. dude, we're not even talking about chump change. We're talking like somewhere from like 15 to eight million dollars a year basically that yeah, clogs up. up 
quite a bit of the cap. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, you know what? I don't blame him. And genuinely, I'm kind of happy for him as well, getting out of that situation, because I would now... Ah, ah. But he picked it. Like, ah, dude, be better. Be I better know. with your decision-making. Like, uh, What about the Nexus showed you that, yeah, this team's going to make a quick turnaround? No. It's the Mecca of basketball. That's oh, God. What? what? Anyways, you, we're you not, we're not going to... Okay? You know, you, do you understand, like, who all used to play over there? Dude, I'm running on, like, uh, a three-hour time difference. Starks. Uh, who else was there? Who else was there? Bernard Alan King. Houston. <laughs> Alan Houston. Latrell Sprewell, who yeah, Latrell probably Sprewell. choked out just about yeah. everybody worked there. He will sleep on Latrell Sprewell. He was the first <laughs> basketball player to be on the court with shoes that had uh, spinning rims on him. That's pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet, if you ask is that me. Why people, is that why people shouldn't sleep on him? Be- just because of that? It's, it's to show how fast he's on the court. That's basically it. Okay, you know, so he's, he's the fastest kid in school. He, I mean, I am the fastest kid in school. I, I, think I'm, uh-huh. I think I'm faster than at least 99.9% of the NBA. Kobe White, White might Fair. be faster than me. Other than that, I'm faster than everybody else. But, Richard, okay. I don't want to get sidetracked too much, you know? You know, my man just got off the plane, probably got a little bit of jet lag. Yo, how you doing, my guy? I'm doing okay, man. I, I went to bed at 3 in the morning. I just got back from San Diego last night. Um, what did you doing in San Diego? I went there for the MLB winter meetings, did some work, uh, drank some Wait, beer, what, ate some burritos. It's it's a it's baseball. It's like a hobby, man. Oh, baseball! Yeah, yeah. no, no. Yeah, honestly, honestly, no, no, no. I can't even. I, right now, I can't front. For uh, as much as said uh, said that it's a hobby, if it's paying like close to three hundred to four hundred million dollars a year, yeah. I think we push that on the uh, hobby envelope right now. You know, uh, that's actually you paid, dude. Actually, because you mentioned that, we have something to talk about. What's up? So you know how you like talk about being my agent and everything? Oh no, I was so this conversation. You know, you're contractually um, signed to me for the next thirty-seven point five years, right? I must, I, I must have some sort of opt-out to wait. No, there is no opt-out. You signed okay, this well, like, first year well, master's, dude. I don't think you read the yeah, final. Yeah, so I'm. Yeah, so I'm going to opt out of that. Um, no, like, that's because, not... Yeah, whatever. Um, so check this out. There's this guy named Scott Boris in baseball, sorry, and um, there's a guy named Scott Boris. Oh, he's he's the guy who, who has, like, what, $80 million in commission this year? Well, listen, in the span of three days while I was at the MLB winter meetings, he negotiated um, contracts worth $800 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he three gets 10% dudes. of that, right? And he get, yeah something like that so he gets like right around eighty million I guess yeah, that's so I mean so this I negotiated eight hundred million dollars worth of contract money for okay, three guys I, so I I know you're tr- I know no, you're I, trying I, I'm in, I'm in talks with the the gummy bear back packet that you like I, I'm trying to put a, I'm trying to get a sticker of you inside each of these gummy bears and dude I'm talking like crazy royalty dude, you're gonna you're make so much money right now. Huh? Dude, you're talking about a sticker of me on a gummy bear. This guy made a eight hundred million dollars for his clients. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Dude, I'm talking to I'm talking to Raj at the Mucho Burrito in Belleville. Okay, we're trying to set a meet and greet with you over here. Okay, I'm trying, man. I'm trying, dude. Like I, I appreciate you trying, but I, I you know, dude, my cousin's my, my cousin's quinceanera is happening in like two weeks. I need oh, you there, yeah. dog. Like <laughs> to sign autographs and like kiss babies. Yeah, it's like, yo, you, what do you do? It's like, I'm in baseball. They're like, is that like cricket? It's like, yeah, 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 basically. 
<laughs> well, okay, so we're, we'll talk about that some more after this podcast, but for yeah. now, the money I mean, talks, homie. I mean, but anyways, you, man. You, wait, so you need like you need at least what a hundred milli in order for I me need. to remain your manager? Well, that that's just like to start the conversation at this. Stop point. the conversation. You know? Okay. <laughs> Oh, whatever. You know what? We'll talk after. We'll talk after. Anyways, anyways, Rich, um, I'm not sure if you saw this week. Uh, there was a ring ceremony that happened in your hometown. You know, some yeah. guy named number two, number two from the West. He came through. Yeah, he's number yeah. two from the West now. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard, his uh, heroic return to heroic. Yes, and they, they, it was heroic for the Clippers. That's for sure. I mean, I'll give we, you that much. Oh, but yeah, the Raptors uh, slapped. Yeah, that was. I mean, but at the same time, Fred VanVleet, like Raptors, they've lost an sure. integral part of their team for the past few games. And that was Fred VanVleet. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you were making a contention for him to be on the All Star team, so clearly he's putting up notable numbers in order to deserve that sort of. Uh, uh, he is. He is top twenty in the league in win share, exactly. despite so, the last like three games. When you take a guy like that off a team with a team that's filled with you know some of the new younger pieces, um, it loses a bit of that integrity that the team had it yeah. right and then, well, whatever they're able to do to stay in the game that's lost and when that happens i mean teams like bulls are able to lose by one point teams like clippers are able to come in and you know uh run amok in the yeah can i can i just point out that as the bulls hung on and won that game which they were winning in the fourth quarter. I don't know how I would be able to record this. I don't know how I would be able to record this you know, podcast. I, see, realistically, I wouldn't have held it over you purely because I know Fred VanVleet isn't playing. Like okay. for me, I, I take pride in beating a team at full strength. I don't take pride in beating a team when they're you know um, uh, short, short of a, a leg, basically. That's so when fair. The, yeah, no, no, I'm a, I'm a prideful guy, right? And I and I, I have reasonable amount of integrity. So mm-hmm. I, I don't take pride in reasonable. that. But, uh, reasonable, reasonable, reasonable. Because I, dude, being a Chicago Bull fan, I have to like grab onto some wins here and there. It sucks, but that's that's, that's, that's the life of a Chicago Bull fan, right? That's but, fair. Uh, I, what sure were your thoughts? What What were your thoughts on the ring ceremony ceremony itself, though? The ring ceremony itself was awesome. I, I mean, OG Ananobi, I don't know if you noticed his face throughout the whole thing. He was, he was mean mugging uh, Kawhi the whole time. And the rest of the team were like dabbing him up. It was all yeah. good. Even after the game, right? Like uh, when all the Clippers went to the locker room, Kawhi, he started coming towards the team. He was dabbing everybody. He surprised like he grabbed like Kyle Lowry from behind. And it was it was really cute. It was really cute. And Dude, um, Kyle Lowry is just so adorable, man. Like his <laughs> smile just warms my heart. He seems like a really, really nice guy because after the game, uh, Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry's wife took Kawhi yeah. out for dinner. That's adorable. Dude, that's so cute. Like, this guy just left you to go to La La Land and you, yeah. you take him to dinner. You're... Yes. Wow. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, after that he Kyle slaps you by 20. Yeah. Yeah, after he slaps you by 20, you take him for, out for dinner. That's adorable. Yeah. No, but Kyle I'm assuming... I'm assuming they took him out to dinner, but Kawhi was plan- was paying because he just signed that big money deal. In the yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi also got a shoe deal. He's got everything. He's yeah. franchising yeah. fun guy. He's yeah. making bank, man. And did you hear about his ring? About a special uh, yeah, amendment? Like, I think he's got like F off, like F-U. inscribed in F U. Yes, inscribed into the ring. Like, wait, what? I, okay, so I've been. 
kind of out of the loop the past few days because I was I was grinding um, in San Diego. So like, what was up with that? Okay, it's hilarious. It's a, so basically it's sized for his middle finger, mm-hmm. right? So usually when players say their ring, it's for their ring finger or index or something like that, right? Like yeah. once you're in Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan time, when you have like six rings, I guess I guess you can put it in you know one of them sizes for your middle ring. But Kawhi Leonard would it's a second ring, correct? If I'm not wrong. Yeah, okay, and, he had, and he's married, right? So he has he has to have his other ring finger. Yeah, but the occupied. players put it over their actual wedding ring too. Fair, I mean, especially on road, especially on road trips. Rogan, Rogan, man, you know what, D-boy, man. Okay, let's, let's not bring Swaggy <laughs> P into this. Okay, let's please not bring Swaggy P into this. But <laughs> um, Kawhi, he got a size for the middle ring, and he uh, like. He called in to the ring guy and was like, hey, could you put FU on the side of it? The whole idea behind it that, you know, a lot of the NBA analysts and uh, everybody in Twitter coming up with it is just an FU to the Spurs. Basically, he left the Spurs and he was able to get the ring right after. And that ring is a testament for what he's able to do by himself without the Spurs. So it's just a big FU to the Spurs. That's what it was. That's I like that. That's kind of like, savage. But also, that's so much emotion from a That's guy. more emotion. Exactly. <laughs> it, sh- it shows that he has feelings, which we weren't aware of. And he was a robot this whole time because I didn't even see this much emotion when he won the uh, ring. Yeah. And but, dude, the coolest part about that um, that ring ceremony was how they uh, put together that rendition of the final oh, shot yes. against the Sixers. That yeah. was sick. That was how cool. They, that was cool. How they had all the footsteps of how he, how his drive was to the corner, and then the shot. That was sick. Yeah, even even Doc dude. gave it up too. Like, dude, Toronto Raptor fans, you got you guys. Um, mostly, mostly, you guys have been very respectful to him. Even come when he came in, you know, everybody had signs saying like Kawhi, thank you, Kawhi, we miss you, you know. All that, showing that gratitude, showing that appreciation for him, right? Because realistically, that's what you should show. This guy. Came here, you know, he could have sat out this year, preserved his body, and then gone on next year to play for uh, the team of his choice, which is probably the Clippers. But yeah. and uh, and he would have still got paid because he's Kawhi Leonard. No one's going to doubt his ability. But he yeah. chose to put everything on the line throughout the year. I, load management—that's totally fine. You coming off an injury, but he put everything. I'm a on big the fan line. of load management. I'm sorry. I'm a big fan of load I mean, management. I'm sure you are now because you got the ring, but. <laughs> <laughs> but he put everything on the line, went out there, took the took the game, put it on his shoulders, helped out his team throughout the whole season, became an integral part of the team, right? He wasn't like, you know, give me the ball, get out of the way. He became a team player and yeah. then went and got the ring with the team. Yeah, that speaks no. a lot for him, right? So as a Raptor fan, you have to appreciate everything he's done. And after he got your ring, it doesn't matter what he does. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, go be happy. Go be happy. Yeah. If, you, if you love something so much, let it go, right? For sure. No, like, oh, f- fuck, I don't want to let it go. Let go, man. You you got the replica ring. Hold on to that. Like that, that oh, I'm, de- I'm definitely holding on to that one. Are you going to pass um, that out to your kid? No. Screw what? my kid. No. Oh, no. 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 Like, get your own ring. Oh, like there's dads, like when they when they pass away, they leave their watch oh, on no. for their kids. Oh, no. No, no, no. Bury, Imagine, bury are you, me. Are with... you taking that to your grave? Yeah, I, I want to be buried with all of my champions. Like, I hope to have many of those by the time I die. So I want to be buried with all of them on my fingers. This is going to be one empty casket. That's all I can say. And oh, I hope oh, to see this day. Okay. First of all, how dare you? Like, I'm your homie. What do you mean empty caskets? 
<laughs> I mean, at least from a basketball world and yeah, football. Fine. Uh, no, fine. I, I, no, fine. From baseball, baseball I'm sure fine. you'll but get baseball, a lot of accolades. I want to have like a bunch of rings on my finger. Like I want to, yes, I want to be buried with drip. I, I hope you get the Cy Young award. I don't think I can do that. I throw like sixty-four. I mean, but you throw, you throw a, um, a crafty sixty-four. <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you. I, I, see, no, not many people like appreciate that because I'm like 30 miles per hour on, below like the average. It's all about placement, man. It's all about exactly. placement. Exactly. <laughs> That's um, but anyways, we, since we're talking about the Raptors, you have to also talk about how they're struggling. And I know Fred Van Vliet's been out a little like for a couple of games, but it's a little bit more than that. This team has been the best three-point shooting team in basketball for the first month of the NBA season. And ever since then, they're just struggling with the shot. Pascal Siakam struggling a little bit from the field. Like he's still putting in like 20, 22 points, but you can see the efficiency is down and Kyle Lowry's shooting percentage is down since his return. Serge Ibaka's shooting percentage is down since their return. So you can see that there's like a little bit of a, they lack the offensive flow that they had before Lowry and before Serge Ibaka came back. So how did the – and the Raptors – luckily, the Raptors have a few easy games coming up. They have the Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie. They have a couple of other games I have to check. But I think their their schedule for over the next like two, three, two, three games is a little lighter. Like They don't have to face the Houston Rockets or the Clippers or the Sixers anymore. So – how do you what do you think is going on with the Raptors right now and how do they crawl out of this little uh kind of skid I think you I think you hit the um, nail on the uh, nail on the head over there basically they're not shooting well I mean you look at your big guys on your squad right it, just specifically from the last game itself Serge Ibaka put up a goose egg in 20 minutes yeah. he went I'm pretty sure it was like zero for eight from the field and zero for three from the three-point line that's not good I'm not asking for this guy to come out there and drop 20 30 points but drop like a 10 15 points I know point per game you know it's not your favorite thing but you need points in order to win the game right yeah. isn't that the whole like the end goal get more points well, than the other team? Uh, well well I mean, in my mind, I feel like if my squad plays hard, scores more points than the other team, they improve their chances of winning any game. Dude, no, like they they, they will win the game if you score more points than the other team. That, like, that's well, that's a, I mean, that's up for interpretation. That, but no, like that, that, that is that is that is I don't the know, whole purpose you, of a game that we play. Like score more. I don't points know. Than the other team. If you, if you play is, play hard and you try to score more points than the other team, you have a better <laughs> likelihood of winning games. That's uh, no more questions. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'll let you have that one. You, you, you know, you're you're grinding out here. I I I gotta show you that respect. Anyways, sure. But yeah, no, teams not teams not shooting. Teams not shooting well. And uh, yeah, the last game itself, what, what, what did they shoot from the three point line? They shot eight for like thirty six. Eight for thirty six. Twenty two percent for a so called three point shooting team is not good. Yeah. That is yeah. not good. And they have to break out of the slump, whether, you know, reintegrating Fred VanVleet, who's a spark plug into the offense, or, you know, gi- giving more opportunities for Pascal Siakam to go just break down the defense and do what he has to do. I don't know what has to happen or whether they have to switch out some of the bigger guys. Marcus Gasol, yeah. I mean, he does what he has to do, which is get bored to get some um, good uh, crafty assists and, you know, play that, uh, be that defensive anchor. But at the same time, you start wondering, you know, do you need to put a guy like Chris Boucher in there or a guy like um, uh, Serge Ibaka in there just to kind of speed up the offense? 
uh, get that, you know, run and gun that what you guys kind of strive on, uh, get mm-hmm. that going basically. So there's a yeah. lot of things happening over here, but I think honestly, it's just a slump. It's a yeah. slump. You guys know what you have to do because you guys have been doing that for quite what 20 somewhat games with to start the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you that's, will that's know a- under the good coaching of uh, Nick Hurst how to break out of that basically. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing. The Raptors have lost four of their last five games, but up till then, they, I mean, they were playing great basketball. So for the first like 20, 20, 22 games of the season, they were shooting the ball incredibly well. So I feel like the Raptors are more of a that's team, the yeah. one that we saw the first twenty games of the season, than the team that we saw. The, that we've seen the past five games of um, the past five games simply because of sample sizes. And I think that the Raptors still have to work on getting Kyle Lowry back into the flow of things. They have to get Serge Ibaka back into the flow of things. And they they do have shooters. They've proven that they can shoot the basketball from, from long range. So I think that with the schedule coming up right now, so they play the Brooklyn Nets on Saturday, then they have the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have Detroit, Washington. So over these next few games, um, obviously you want to win the games against the, the title contenders because it's, those are the statement victories. But every team goes through slumps. The Raptors yeah. are going through their own slumps. It's a long season. I hate that it's such a long season. But I think that the Raptors are going to slowly get back on track, hopefully over this next little stretch right here. And what we've seen from this Raptor team is that they can shoot the ball really well, they move the ball, they're an unselfish team, and they love to get out and transition. And then, and they obviously, the defense has been their, their calling call card all season long. So I think that once they kind of like keep playing, Larry's going to kind of get back into the flow of things, and the Raptors are going to be fine and i think that they're going to going to be fine over the next little stretch For that's sure. my thoughts one thing also like i totally agree with everything you said um i'm going to take it back get a little sidetrack take another road over here sure. the comment you made about brooklyn nets you think they're an easy team i no, i don't think they're an easy team but i think they're not like the clippers or the houston no. yeah that's what i meant but they, they are a very good team, very underrated team. And they're un- weird enough, sure. they're actually playing so much better without Kyrie, which yeah. I knew for sure for Kenny Atkinson's well, system to work. No, no, no. Like realistically, I, I before the season even started, I said D'Angelo Russell was a way better fit over there than Kyrie Irving because the but, way that team worked was team basketball. When you put a guy dude, like Kyrie in there, it's ISO basketball. You know, it's hero dude. ball. Give him the ball, get out of the way. Dude, the, first of all, the Brooklyn Nets were like a plus 75 last year with D'Angelo Russell on the bench. I mean, but at the same time. I, I, and here's the thing. Should I, I, bring back, should I bring back the game? The one the one game no, against no, 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 the Sacramento no, no, Kings. Not, not the one game. The game. Against the game. Sacramento Kings. It was a 10 p.m. game. I was watching the game, you know, towards third quarter. Everybody thought this game was over. You know, they were down by 28 points towards the end of third quarter. And then all of a sudden, D-loading was like, yo, give me the ball. Give me the ball. He took the ball, went shot, 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 brought the game back, sent it to overtime, and won the game. Before it hit overtime, I called Richard. My man Richard gave up on the game, and he went to bed. I was like, yo, Rich, wake up. Well, okay, first of all, first of all, I did not give up on the game. It was just that it's the Nets playing the Kings, and it's a I game mean, that I two, don't care about. <laughs> I, I never was like – I was never like – 
Yeah, sure, but I was just never invested into the game to start. <laughs> I was I was actually invested. Ask OLG. Shout out to them. Okay. They they paid out big that night. Okay, but, so now the truth comes out. Okay. I mean, I mean, let's not let's not front over here. Like that that was one of the biggest reasons why I fell in love with this team because you know they were a very underrated team. The payout was always big, and they were really fun to watch. But at the same time, without Kyrie Irving this year, they are having a much better record. But also, I'm not discounting Kyrie Irving's abilities as a basketball player or how great he is because he is one of the best point guards we've seen in our lifetime. That's that's for yeah. sure. He's, but, the, he's the best point guard on the face of this flat earth. Uh, I'm not going to comment on that. I'm not going to comment on that because there's, there's like a huge – Reddit thread out there. If they catch a rift of me going in a flat Earth, they will come at our show, man. I don't mean okay, no. Yeah, we don't. We don't want community. that. We don't want that. Okay. Yeah. Views. But no, yeah, no, like dude, Brooklyn Nets. They've been beating some decent teams. They beat Denver recently. They beat um, Boston. They beat. They lost to I think Charlotte, but Charlotte also. You know what's weird? Another underrated team. team. You know why? Sneaky good team. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Nets. No, there's a second round pick over there who is making a huge haze for Graham. MIP this year, Demonte Graham. I love he that. He dropped a 40 piece. Dude, I loved him coming out of Kansas. And I I don't even think he, yeah, he was a second round guy. He was awesome in Kansas. I mean, this is, I mean, shout out to Michael Jordan. He sees talent where it's due, but also paying Terry Rogier that kind of money when you have a guy like Terry But also, nobody saw Demonte Graham blossoming like this. <laughs> But uh, you take the good. You, you take the good with the bad. So at this point, if Demonte plays this well, do you bench Terry? I don't even know. I don't watch the. I don't watch the Hornets. I'm sorry. Do you don't watch the? Why do you not watch the Hornets? I'm sorry. Because Terry has been playing like a bum uh, lately. Like he's what, what, only. A, what's wait. what's like his what's his numbers like? It's not actually. It's not that bad. For what is he getting paid? 18 mil. Uh, I don't know. Somewhere yes, there I think I think his I think his contract something like three years fifty four maybe something like yeah. that so I guess eighteen mil 18, if like the math adds up he's getting like seventeen point per game with four point four That's assists per game four boards shooting forty percent of the three that ain't bad That's solid uh, but it's not scary Terry though Well no it is kind of scary Terry This is a guy who averaged like right around ten points a game yeah, and like so shooting the ball he's shooting the ball well from long range He's kind of putting up. Fred Van Vliet numbers. Yeah, but guess what? Devontae Graham is averaging. Devontae Graham is averaging like 20. 20 points, seven, uh, almost eight assists per game, and almost four four boards per game, and uh, shooting 43% from the three. So at this point, the Hornets definitely have the scariest backcourt in the NBA. <laughs> After losing Kemba Walker? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but just a quick point on the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've played a lot better without Kyrie Irving in the fold. But also I think Kyrie Irving's played like eight games this season or something. Like, let me see here. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he's played, he's played only 11 games this season. So, and he's like, this dude's numbers are insane. So I think, I think once Kyrie Irving comes back and he gets into the flow of the offense and they start to work on their chemistry, I think this team is going to be better with Kyrie Irving there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll we'll, we'll leave it up. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think Kyrie will be a whole lot better with that team once Kevin Durant comes back, though. Oh yeah, no, well yeah, because Kevin Durant is awesome and he's a really good s- sports player. 
But okay, imagine Kyrie and Kevin Durant fully healthy playing a full season. How, how what, what do you think the Brooklyn Nets would do that year? I think they, I think they could win the East. They could win the East. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. The Chicago Bulls would be primed up by then, though. Well, yeah, exactly, because they're they're one year away before. Yeah, they're one year yeah. away from one year away. At this we're point. one trade away from a big year. Because apparently, you know, we have a huge trade asset who is looking for new opportunities. I'm not going to say way out because yeah. nobody wants to be out of Chicago. Yeah. Huh? Who's who's the person who's looking for new opportunities? I, I mean, I often refer to him as the Honda Civic of uh, of basketball players. Mr. Reliable, so, Thaddeus Young. Yeah. Oh, Thad Young is looking for a trade? No, well, like, he's not looking for a trade. He's looking to see how he can help the team in... Uh, in different ways. Oh, okay. So that 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 don't involve him being there. Yeah, yeah. Possibly with so a new he's kind of like, mailing address. So he's kind of looking at like his neighbor's yard and seeing if the if the grass is greener on that end. No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. He's trying to see. You know, hey, Chicago Bulls. Like I'm a team guy. I'm Mr. Reliable. Whatever yeah. you need. Whether you know you're gonna get, you can trade me for LeBron James, or you can well. trade me for Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a few first round picks. Yeah, like that happens. But I'm, you know, but I'm assuming he's, but I'm assuming he's only willing to help the Bulls in that scenario if he's traded to a contender. I mean, I mean, we are contenders, so I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna address that question. But uh, okay. Thad Young may not be too happy with his role, uh, which is very weird because I thought he'd be fine on the bench. But uh, yep. apparently he's not because we have a lot of young guys who need a lot of minutes in order to develop guys like Laurie Markkinen, guys like Wendell Carter Jr. And Daniel Gafford, he stepped up. He's playing really well, uh, warranting more minutes right now. When mm-hmm. that happens, it's tough to give a guy like that young starting minutes. It just it's so funny to me when players sign with teams and then like literally 20 games in, they're unhappy with their role. Like, what did you discuss with this team in your contract negotiations. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if John Pax BS'd him somehow. Because, like, I mean, Gar Pax uh, BS'd him somehow. Yeah, I'm sure. Both of them are but idiots. Thad, I guess. But then Thad Young wasn't born yesterday. He's, no, a, he he's a proven veteran. Like, he's he shouldn't, veteran. he should understand, he, he should know the deal. But also at the same time, being a veteran player, when you assess a team before joining them, right? When, without even talking to anybody, you you see the team, right? You see young guys who are big men who they've await, uh, who they've used first round draft picks to acquire. Mm-hmm. Are they really going to ha- ha- halt their development purely because a veteran is going to come uh, on a resetting team? No, I get it. If it's a championship contending team, you let the uh, young guys ride the bench. Mm-hmm. But when it's a team that just you know re- in the recent history hit a reset button and they're yeah. trying to rebuild. When that happens, when a veteran comes in, they're mainly over there just to help develop these young guys, you know, help yeah. give them guidance mainly and be on the court as a chemistry guy when they need it. Right? Yeah. Well, well, for the minute, I minutes mean, are going to be out th- for the NBS. Yeah, that that young messed up. He deserves this. You don't you don't deserve to ask for a trade. You don't deserve it. You knew what the situation you're getting into, but it's also speaking of people on the chopping block, uh, Kevin Love, yeah, I heard might be is uh that is weird dude that whole kevin dude i here's what i don't understand with this kevin love thing they sign him to a three well like a four-year or three-year 90 million dollar contract yeah yeah at the start of the off season like what is your plan yeah so you make him untradeable 
by giving him that money. And then like 20 games into the season, you suck. And I mean, everybody knew you were going to suck. And now you're trying to trade him. And like now he's untradeable. What no. what was the plan? See, here? the thing, I think um, you're understanding the narrative wrong over here. I think so. Sure. The team signed him initially. I, what I'm assuming the team signed him initially. I mean, thinking that he will be there for a long term because I, well, Kevin Love is I'm, still a really is good right player. Now. Yeah, Kevin Love is still a really good player. Like, no matter what happens, he's a very talented big man, right? Yes. But Kevin Love himself, I think he's not happy in Cleveland. No one's happy in Cleveland. Why did he, so why did he sign a contract extension? Dude, so, uh, how much did he get paid? Over 100 mil? Yeah, he got, I mean, he got paid really well. Yeah, so like, if I somebody mean, extended you $100 million, that, like, in a contract right in front of you, what are you going to say? But at the same time, if somebody extends me a hundred million, yeah. But at the same time, if somebody guarantees me a hundred million dollars, and I'm assuming at least someone else is willing to give me something similar because that's my market value. You never know. Do you understand all the stigma attached with men's uh, mental health? <laughs> I don't know where this is going. No, anymore. no, no. Realistically, that, I'm, I'm being real over here. All jokes aside, everything like that. Yeah. A grown man yeah. isn't allowed to have emotions, unfortunately, in, in a masculine sport like that. Mm-hmm. Now it's starting to, you know, not be such a taboo subject where people are allowed to talk about the emotions. But Kyrie Irving just recently talked about his emotion, and he's still facing la- backlash about it. Yeah, a guy like Kevin Love, who is known for, you know, anxiety, who is also yeah. uh, he has, uh, I think he's he's actually a no- known introvert, which is a crazy thing for a basketball player like that. He has social anxiety <laughs> yeah. as well. I am openly introverted. Yeah, no, no. I'm openly. Some people are openly vegan. I am openly introverted. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like he he has social anxiety. He has a lot of. He was battling depression. He was doing a lot of that, right? And because of that, he had to take time away from the game. You know what? Other teams are going to do because it is a business. They're going to use that as waste in order for him to not make as much money as he should. So when when Cavaliers are going to offer him over $100 million with a longevity in the contract, he's going to take that. Any right mind in the right mindset is going to take that. And also, you never know when his mentality changed about Cleveland in itself. Like, he's probably working through some issues that he has where he's like, you know what? Maybe this is not the city for me in order to be the man that I want to be. And the crazy part is that Cleveland, they're asking for first-round picks, which I, I get because of the type of money that is. But other teams are asking to for Cleveland to give them first-round picks in order to take that contract. Yeah. Which is so, the craziest thing. So um, he signed a four-year, $120 million deal on July 24th, 2018. So much money. Must be nice. That is the, exactly. That's a, that, that, that's the exact exact comment, Richard. Who's who, yeah? Who's ta- who's who's taking that? I know. Who's I don't know that contract. I I, like, I mean I'm, I mean, you know what team loves power forwards? The Knicks. The Knicks. I mean, Jesus Christ! Did they I do it. The Knicks doing this. You know what? They have, I think, three power forwards in order to meet that cap space too. That's the weirdest part. Oh God, poor Kevin Love. He doesn't deserve that. <laughs> I mean, but it's New York. It's New I York. I know, but we in the no, city of Love. I know, we, but we can't. He needs, he needs to reset. Come back to the mecca. <laughs> oh God! Everything always comes back to New York. We started the pot off with New York. We're back on New York. Um, 
Anyways, I mean, for the fans that don't know us that much, uh, last year I was on like I mean I'm I'm still a diehard Chicago Bull fan, but Brooklyn Nets they were like my sleeper team last year, right? With the Angelo yeah. Russell, that was my team. Yeah. When that happened, I adapted New York as my my mother city. Like that was. Oh yeah, like, it, it got it got really bad. It got real bad. Like I was like I was objectively like, horrible. I was staying up to like four in the morning on WikiHow and learning how to be a New York man. Like yeah. it was crazy. I was I knew what a bodega was. I was wearing Tims, you know. I was out there with a forty. I was like, "Hey, mama," that's what I used to call that shorties I was walking by. Like it was it was getting it was getting a little rowdy. <laughs> bad. You, were, you used to you used to call me that. Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to pull you it, out like that, though. You got a little out of hand. Let's, let's out of hand. <laughs> I was so I was uh, this close to adopting a Rottweiler named um, what was what was his name? I think it was Nas. Nas, I think. Yeah. I don't even. No, I think it was um, Fabulous. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> anyways. Anyways, um, let's see. I don't know what else there is to talk about. Um, oh, we got, we got, we got, we we. We got to do the all decade stuff because the decade's coming to an end. This has been the best decade of my life because I became acquainted with Kevin Kacheri. Uh Carlos Boozer was on my team, so that was why my, this decade was amazing to me. Okay. Um, okay. Well, anyways, I'm gonna do my all dec all decade starting lineup for the Toronto Raptors. Oh, are you gonna have a bench in it too? Uh, I mean, we can. I guess we can do that. Why don't you, you can do like, that if you want as well like for the balls. Okay. And uh, so, okay. How about this? How about this? How about this? Mm-hmm. We do our all decade starting five. We do our sixth man, and then we do our chemistry guy. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yes, I can do that. Because every good team. Behind every good team is a good chemistry guy, as we established time and time again on this podcast. Okay? Mm-hmm. Deal. Okay, here we go. Point guard, Kyle Lowry. Okay. No question. I mean, Shooting I guard. I would Jose Calderon, but okay. Go ahead. Shooting guard, DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Over Landry Fields? Landry Fields was a small, a small forward, actually. Uh, he played shooting, didn't he? I mean, he couldn't shoot. I mean, well, no, I guess not, neither. Not many of the Raptors can, guards used to be able to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> neither can Bar if you, exactly. if you put him down. That's a three terrible point argument. I, yeah, I guess. The thing that never made sense to me about about DeMar DeRozan is that he can make any shot, like two steps in front of the three-point line, but then when you bring him out behind the three-point line, it's like he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. Anyways, Kawhi Leonard at the three. You got to do that. At the four, Pascal, Spicy P, Siakam. And at the five, we got Jonas Valanciunas, Lithuanian Lightning. Over Marcus All? Yes. I think, I I just think because of tenure, you know? Marcus All's only been here for a few months. And I mean, and in the few months, he was able to get your ring and a FIBA championship. But okay. I know. I understand that. But like, Jonas Valanciunas has been here for like seven years. He put up like, he put up some nice numbers. He's a fan favorite. He has a good beard. Um, I really like his tattoo where it's kind of like a necklace with a cross on it. Um, Wow. I'm not going to question your Chicago Bulls, Steve. Can you not question my, my rap? Yeah, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I respect it. I 100% respect uh, it. Okay. Anyway, anyways, mm-hmm. now off the bench, sixth man, 
You got to go with Fred Van Vliet because he was the closest. Uh, yeah, let's go with Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I think he deserves it. Um, I was thinking about Lou Williams. Lou, Lou, ah, sweet Lou, sweet Lou was sweet a solid six man for you. Yeah, he won yeah. six man of the year, but I he was think only he was a better for, six man though. I mean, he was just there for like one year though. No, but at the same time, that one year matters. I mean, you you can see the one thing you can't assess it purely by longevity. No, 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 not of contribution. Like the best players of that position. Sure, but also Fred Van Vliet did get a Finals MVP vote. Mm, I guess he had a whoop. That's good. And I mean, I'm also, I'm also. Sweet Lou has two girlfriends. That's true, but also Fred Van Vliet Sr. is the best NBA player in the in the world. Sweet Lou also got a song uh, made by Drake after him on his album. Summer 16. Fred Van Vliet looks like Drake. Yeah, yeah, I guess he does look like every dude. He looks like every other light skinned guy out there. The same well, fade, the same beard. Like yeah. every light skinned guy looks the same. Yeah, and I mean, did you see Drake won? I think Drake awarded everyone in the Raptors like championship jackets, and yeah. um, he put like on and on uh, Fred Van Vliet's one, like in the twin or something. Oh, that's not good. There is. Yeah, and oh. speaking of which, six uh, the chemistry guy. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna go with a player. I'm gonna go with Drizzy. No, Drizzy no, 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 is the chemistry no, 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 guy. No, no. no, he, he no. is the chemistry guy. That was dude. That was wild. Dude, was he wild is the game. reason why Joel Embiid stopped playing well in the playoffs because of his sh- of all the shit talking that he is the reason that Drake did, uh, started. So you're gonna take uh, away and all then, the credit for Nick Nurse's defensive yes. schemes, and Nick, Marcus and, oh, defensive and put it this way. Dude, put it this way: a lot of people were hating on Nick Nurse last year, but then, do, uh, Doctor Dre. Oh my God! But then Drake, <laughs> but then Drake gave him that rub, that shoulder rub, that, that rub and then every and, and I think everything just kind of started to click at that point. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, no, I respect that. Like, I respect like that. everything Drake touches turns to gold, and he turned he touched Nick Nurse, and at that point, Nick Nurse became the coach that everybody wanted him to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I respect that. I respect that. But I guess if, yeah, but I guess if you need a player, then um, I'm. I mean, the ultimate chemistry guy is Jordan Lloyd because he is on that iconic picture holding back everybody when Kawhi Leonard made that shot. There's also yeah. Patrick McCaw, who was the lucky charm, who was the main reason why the Raptors won that championship last year. Yeah. So you can really go multiple different avenues over there. But there's my all-decade Raptors thing. See, my, my all-decade uh, Bulls team would beat your all-decades Raptors team because I'm going to start with a guy. I'm going to start with the weakest link on our team, okay, on our all-decade team, which is Zach Levine. He's going to be in our number two spot. I mean, guy, he's a very talented scorer, super athletic. I mean, the last game he went for seven for seven from the three-point line. There are games where he looks like he can be a very good player, and there are games where he can look like he can be a mediocre player. But I'm going to start with the weakest link on number two. And number four... I'm going to start with Paul Gasol. He was there for two years. He did a lot for us. He, remember that team? It was Paul Gasol, Reginald Rondo, and uh, Dwayne Wade. One of the greatest Bulls teams of all time. I 100%. hated that team. I hated that team so much. I hated that team with everything I have. And number three, at small forward, I'm putting Jimmy G. Buckets. 30th overall selection. The guy was in foster care when he grew up. One of the toughest grinds. Went through JUCO and then earned his spot into a D1 uh, school and then got drafted 30th overall and then grinded up to being one of the top players in the league. Still is. Guy's an absolute beauty. So that's my number three. Number five, 
I'm taking Joakim Noah as my center. He was what? I think he was a three-time uh, all-defensive team, one-time defensive player of the year winner, and he was multiple-time all-star as well. And in my point guard position, who could have been the greatest point guard of all time if his health was all right is Derrick Rose. Youngest MVP to ever play in the league. Guy averaged mm-hmm. throughout his career, 19, uh, 19 point per game in career in, with the Bulls, almost 20 point per game, almost seven assists per game, four boards. And yeah, his player efficiency rating was 18.3. That was a stud, man. There, of course, was I was watching some of his highlights the other day, and it's it's one of the craziest nostalgic feelings because you see a guy who was able to just break down defenses, do anything he wanted inside purely because of his hop steps. But those hop steps were the reasons that his knees gave out as well. It was mm-hmm. it was heartbreaking, and to the point yeah. where do you remember uh, the fifty two point game with uh, Timberwolves? Yeah, I called. Dude, he can, he I, I can sub ball. I called Richard and I was crying ball. that night. I was crying that night because Derrick Rose he means a lot to Chicago Bulls fans. No matter where he goes, we will always love him. No matter what, I can't wait yep. for the day that we put his jersey up on our Raptors. Like he's gonna be his uh, number is gonna be retired over there. But like guy was. He did so much for our city, and it was happy seeing a guy who was fighting um, mental issues, uh, physical issues, and everything like that mm-hmm. to put yeah. have a great year like that. And right now, he's been a great father to his kid as well. His kid, PJ, yeah. he's always at the games. Before before the game starts, uh, PJ and Derek always has their pickup game on the court. Yep. And he's always around with that kid. All, like He takes time away from the teams just to be with that kid. God, oh, I love Derek Rose. Six man, yep. I'm going to give a guy Luol Deng. He got paid to the end of his career. Guy was, in his oh, prime, yeah. he was a very good player. He was a yep. very good player. But again, it's the same thing, health concerns. Um, you know, body issues where, you know, body deteriorates over time. And then he just was never able to keep up with the player that he was supposed to be. And mm-hmm. off the, I mean, my chemistry guy. This one, I, one of my personal favorites, Nate Robinson. Guy is absolutely okay. electric, electric off the bench. Like he doesn't have to play. Like he's just a great chemistry guy. Pumps up the team at all times. Whatever mm-hmm. team he's on, he's a chemistry guy there. He's out yep. there doing the craziest dunks. And he has that one game where he drops like twenty to thirty points throughout the whole season. And then the remaining mm-hmm. of the rest of the season, he participates in dunk competition once, and then hangs out with the team. Like that's that's my chemistry guy. <laughs> My there team won. My team won. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you. That was really yeah. unfair. Yeah, I, I think you kind of really blew me out of the water with I that did. squad. But also speaking um, of the all decade, uh, Richard actually, uh, he was mentioning some of the biggest mess ups that happened throughout the year. You know, one being the decade. Was Richard. Yeah, the decade. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, this happened. Oh, the oh, oh, yeah. So we can't. We we do very little preparation for every single one of these episodes. But I think it was yesterday while I'm flying back from San Diego, and I'm like, hey, man, decade's coming to an end. Um, remember James Harden? He got traded from Houston. That was really bad. Um, maybe we should talk talk about that. Freaking and then you kind of you you, you kind of disagree with me. So I yeah. think. But that James Harden trade was horrible. That's the one I, I can't remember any team like in recent memory, like being so close to a championship, selling out for just not to pay the luxury tax. Yeah. No, see, Richard, that's, I'm not disagreeing with you on the trade. Let me uh, recollect your memory. So you said, um, imagine a team where prime James Harden, prime Kevin Durant, prime Russell Westbrook, and prime well, Serge Baca, right? And prime Reggie Jackson. Uh, 
Yes, prime. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I used to love Rich Jackson. Reggie Jackson. His off first the bench. year with Detroit was actually solid, and Dude, off the bench he's actually Jackson pretty good. Off too. the bench, behind Russell Westbrook. I mean, I'll take it. That's a yeah, very team. And then you have yeah. Nick Collison as like the ultimate chemistry guy. He's a lifer. He he yep. is one of those guys like Udonis Haslam. He's a he's lifer. Udonis Haslam. He exactly. he basically is minus the dreads. Uh, not the dress, the cornrows. But no, what I was disagreeing with Rich was, you know, you can't predict a prime James Harden the way he is right now being the same if he will st- remain with o- Oklahoma. So James Harden, in order for him to blossom, I think he needed to step away. He needed a team of his own where his usage rate was higher than everybody else's. He is also in Mike D'Antoni's system, which is just, you know, what was it? It was initially seven seconds or less. Now it's just, dude, just shoot the three whenever you get a chance. That's it. Like, just go pop, 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 pop. But in a team like OKC, if it were uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, there's only so much ball to go around. Well, I, I don't know. I think, first of all, when he left for Houston he was under he was playing for Kevin McHale there was like uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Bicker, Bicker, staff was there for yeah. a little bit before Mike D'Antoni I also think it just you had so much talent that yeah. you couldn't make could have made it work with OKC it's no, just I mean, a shame that and like also they had Kendrick Perkins oh my goodness yes championship, I love building. championship championship mentality that keeps everybody in check yeah I mean, you know, but Rich, well, look, there's do, a lot of do. intangibles over here, which uh, allow a player to develop into the player that he's supposed to be. Right. You, you got to understand it's also a mentality thing as well. Being traded away purely because a team chooses to uh, pay Serge Ibaka over you the next year, because that was the biggest issue. Like, who are they going to pay, uh, pay the max next year? Are they going to pay yeah. the blossoming big man or are they going to play a shooting guard, basically? And they chose Surge over Harden. And that that is going to give him a chip on the shoulder. And we talk about how the chip on the shoulder, it affects players in different ways, right? Some play, well, some players just cr- uh, crawl up in like the fetal position and just give, give up. Some players just use that to motivate them and become the greatest player, po- the greatest player in that position possible. I other think- players, other players have a guaranteed contract on the table but take a partially guaranteed deal yeah to prove the haters wrong do you want to hear something so okay so when 09 to 2011 his usage rates those are the years that he was with okc it was 24 20.4 percent first year 19.5 percent the second year Mm 21.6 percent the third year and fourth year onwards it jumped to 29 it was 29 31 32 34 36 40 Mm mm-hmm that usage yeah. rate plays a huge factor in order to become the player that he he will be. Uh, don't get me wrong; like the type of player that you are, the ar- ar- archetype, right? That that is kind of That's ingrained it. in yourself from mm-hmm. when, uh, like high school ball itself. Like you know what type of player you are. Are you the one that always dissects the um, uh, defense? Are you the one that you know just shoot first? Are you going to be a pass first? Are you going to be a defensive player? That type of player is always kind of like in- ingrained in you. The, the mm-hmm. development of that happens in the situation that you're put in, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the greatest players that we saw throughout our history, right? We don't know if they would have been who they are if they weren't in certain system. That, that's the way you have to look at it. Like James Harden, I, I personally believe coming to Houston was the reason why he blossomed into being who he is right now, the MVP. 
right? Uh, yeah. he, like one of the best scorers in the league, one of the best scorers of all time. He's able to put mm-hmm. up like 40, 60 points purely because he can have the ball like 40% of the game in mm-hmm. his head. Like that's why. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is just something that we will never fully agree on, but I guess, yeah. That's why we have a podcast. Way. Oh, like, yeah, you I, were a fan I, of advanced stats. Yeah, you hit me with usage rate. That's usage when I. That's when you get most that's, primary. That's advanced. Yeah, that's when you got my attention. Yeah, that's Dude, when you got my. You, you caught my attention. No, no, but like realistically, you have to understand. Like usage rate, the way it works is a hundred percent of the ball to go around. Yeah. Okay. If a player is only holding the ball one fifth of the time, he's yeah. not gonna put up uh, insane numbers. But if a player is holding the ball almost half the time, he's going to put up big numbers. It's easy. <laughs> I'd hope so. You best not be holding the ball 50% of the time if you're dropping, like, big, fat bagels. I mean, but, like, look at James, though. What's he averaging right now? Almost 40 points? Yeah, he's he's scoring a lot of baskets. But he's really he's good at holding the ball. Like, But this year, it kind of dipped to 38.2, which is unfortunate. Thanks to Westbrook being there. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you have a team with James Hart, prime James Harden, prime Westbrook, prime KD, mm-hmm. um, Serge Ibaka and uh, Kendrick Perkins are there for the defense. But, like, if you have that, uh, I don't know who's going to get the ball the most. Like, first of all, Russ needs the ball in his hands the whole time. KD can stand at the wing, but also at the same time, you have such I mean, a talented guy. You're going to waste that talent at the wing? I mean, they figured it out enough to get to the NBA Finals. Yeah, they didn't win. Yeah, because they faced LeBron James, the best player no. to ever play basketball. Yeah, Westbrook, and Westbrook will end his career with not getting a ring. That's that would be tragic. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's I'll, I'll, I'll be I guess I'll be able to sleep at night either way. <laughs> um, I think but, Westbrook is going to be one for his triple doubles, and that's it. Oh, for sure. Like but, that, that's anyways. Like, you know how Oscar Robertson, when he retired, was like, oh, big O, big O, average triple-double throughout his whole career. Yeah. That's because it's going to be Westbrook. Yeah. And, the, <laughs> and Westbrook big is going to be known as the big O because of the zero championships that he'll get. Well, big O had a ring. No, no, no. I'm talking about Westbrook. I'm oh, saying okay, Westbrook is like, going to be known as the big O because of the zero championship that he Oh, I get I, I it. Was get it was a roast. It was a roast. Shots fired. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Anyways, as we wrap this episode up, just a quick reminder, ballandroll.com, best basketball content on the web, shop.ballandroll, hottest merch on the web. We have an interview, a post-game interview with Tyler here of the Miami Heat coming up soon. We got a new exclusive on the website. It's our interview with Tyler Hero. Go check it out. Anyways, we got to wrap things up with some football talk. We are in the middle of the conference finals in fantasy football. I am about to do something incredibly, you might find it annoying, but I think it's genius. So I have Aaron Rodgers on my team, Kevin, as you know. And I, I we talked about this before. I was thinking I about playing. No, no, you do not. I want to start this magic over him. No, 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 no. So I have Aaron Rodgers. Right now I have three quarterbacks on my team. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm thinking of benching Aaron Rodgers on your team because, because I'm, 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 I'm playing, dude, I'm playing the numbers right now. You, I had a bye week last week, an extra week to prepare. My team is ready. 
We talked strategy. We collected mm-hmm. the video that the Patriots got from the Bengals. Okay. So now okay. We're ready to- how dare you? How? How? This is why. Dude, this is oh, dude. why I never see you. The the blasphemy that comes out of your mouth. Okay. Dude, let me. Okay, first of all, Belichick. Dude, the Belichick did not collect that video for the Pats. They they collected that video for me. I mean, okay. First of all, the the video was assessed later on by uh-huh. Lee committee and was found that there was no signs in there. It was just literally like a TV broadcast. I'm pretty sure that guy was just streaming it for his auntie back at home. That's what it was. Okay. It was okay. a Twitch That's stream fine. that was happening. On That's the- fine. I'll, I'll tell you right now that that whole thing was because I was trying to cheat. Some okay. conference finals are coming up. I have to collect all the video possible. So, uh, anyways, anyways, I don't think I'm going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. That's wild, but okay. Who are you going to start over Fitz and so Rodgers? Aaron Roger, so Aaron Rodgers is playing the Bears, okay? Good defense. Uh, and then Fitzpatrick is playing the Giants. Horrible defense, but I also picked up Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill is back, and he's playing against a really bad secondary against the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm deliberating between the Texans – uh, sorry, between Tannehill, who's playing the Texans, and Fitzmagic, who's playing the Giants. Two horrible secondaries. Oh, you're telling me to go to Fitzmagic, Fitz Fitzmagic, right? 100%. I don't know if you saw Tannehill's last so, game. Like He's been putting up numbers, but really, at the same time. No, it was really good. Only notable thing from that game for me was Tannehill who threw a pick to a D lineman, right? The D listen, lineman cleared dude. everybody. No, no, but listen, listen. He cleared everybody. Tannehill, he uh, shut off a, a blocker, and he went out and finished the tackle. Dude, Tannehill put up 40 points last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I don't know. Like, dude, Houston's front line is good, too. Jet, yeah, uh, I guess so. Suck. But, like, like here's, I guess. But, like, it's also Fitzmagic. And I just, I don't know. Like, I think Tannehill's back right now. Like, this is it. <laughs> this, this, is, is, this, is, this is the quarterback of the future. He is 6-1 and one since taking this starting job. Uh, but what I'm worried about is I don't want to out-tinker myself. That's the thing. That's the thing. You think nope. too much into this. That's the thing. Because like, if I just go with Aaron Rodgers and I lose this week, it's like no one's going to question it. You played Aaron Rodgers and you went down with the ship. But if I win because like Fitzpatrick or Tannehill drop like 40 points in fantasy, you're like, okay, this guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But like Fitz, Fitz might be the safest week. But at the end of the day, you make the best decision for, for yourself. I made the obvious, most obvious pick this week, which was starting Lamar Jackson. I think that must have been tough. It was. I, I was so. really considering. You know, who do I switch him off for? Do I really want to switch out uh, for Daniel Jones, who was sitting out this week, or do I want to keep yeah. Lamar Jackson in? I mean, I'm I put sure Lamar. Lot, yeah, I'm sure a lot went into that decision, and yeah, I, I did all the work that you and your squad put in this past whole entire week. Did we put in the best quarterback to ever exist in the planet of Earth, besides Tom Brady, in today, or do I, you know, put in? A guy who's out this week. So I chose Lamar Jackson. And, you know, for a guy who only threw 200 yards, he had five touchdown passes, which yeah. is the craziest thing for me. Yeah, he put up some points. Yeah. Anyways, um, shall we finish up with our football picks of, for the week and then call it yes, a sir. day? Let's do it. Anyways, so since I flew in late, I couldn't. I was so mad I couldn't take Baltimore minus 16 last night. So mm. that kind of upset me. But right anyways. That's okay because I have some other I have other great picks 
We're going to start off with the New England Patriots. They got all the video they need to beat the Bengals on the road. I think Andy Dalton's actually benched again. New England's yes. a 9.5-point favorite. This is, the, this is the type of crappy team that the New England Patriots just feast on. They're going to destroy the Bengals, take the New England Patriots. Then we're going to move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are playing the Detroit Lions. They're a 3.5-point favorite on the road. Jameis Winston is back. Jameis Winston, the, the Buccaneers are about to finish the, finish the season with a six-game win streak. And they're going to finish Yeah, crab legs. And oh, they're going to come up with some sort of reason to make Jameis Winston their franchise quarterback heading into last next year. Dude, did you see his numbers last year, last week? Yeah, like Dude. 500 passing yards, five touchdowns, but also like three or four interceptions. Yeah, it was four interceptions, but they did this last year. Do you remember yeah. when Fitzmagic was over there? It was uh, Fitzmagic and James Winston. They were going week in Fitzmagic, week yeah. out with James Winston. And they were doing that back and forth. And James Winston, he was like, nobody knew, uh, nobody could find him earlier on the season because he was that trash. But towards the end of the season, he gave him a reason to keep him around. That's but exactly I think, what's happening again. But I think James Winston's the guy. Like, we talk about Kyle Lowry a lot on this opposite, on this podcast, obviously, because we're a Raptor podcast, because yeah. Kyle Lowry does a lot of things that don't come up on the on the stat sheet. But a guy like James Winston, everything he does mm-hmm. on a football field, you yeah. can see in the box score. He okay. is... He is the numbers. He's the guy who's going to run like six yards for a game, fumble, f- one fumble loss. So you're like, you should probably never run. He also throws for like 500 yards, yeah, throws yeah. like four touchdowns, and then intercepts, throws like an interception like three times. He is the guy. He is a box score guy. You can tell exactly what kind of game Jameis Winston had just by looking at the box score. Yeah. Anyways, moving, moving on, mm-hmm. moving on, we have the Tennessee Titans. They're at home. They are clicking at the right time. Their offense is ranked first in yards per yards per play. Derrick Henry is unstoppable because he is massive. And it's the time of the season where players are making business decisions and they see Derrick Henry running at them. And they're like, you know what? We're not going to, we're not going to touch him right now because we don't want to hurt ourselves before our contracts come up. The Tennessee Titans, they're at home three point favorite. That's your next pick. And then wrapping things up, the Philadelphia Eagles are 4.5 point favorite against the Redskins. The Redskins have been playing kind of well lately. Dwayne Haskins is like incrementally getting better with each game. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles, they're like slightly, they're good enough to beat the Redskins by a touchdown. I'm going to trust the, the Philadelphia Eagles in this week and I'm going to take them to beat the Redskins. That's my four picks. Those are some solid picks, man. I respect that. But, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to piggyback off yours. Uh, New England Patriots, of course, 9.5. That seems like a very low spread put on that game against a team that is very evidently trying to tank this year. So going at them, but also they're actually doing a terrible job of tanking, which is crazy. So New England, I think I'm taking them 9.5 against Bengals. Number two, I am taking Texans over Titans. Will Fuller, he's going to play this weekend. And Texans, they can click. Once they start clicking, if... um, Watson's uh, Watson's just finding these guys like DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league. Him, Fuller and uh, Stills, those three options. I think they can do some real damage this weekend. Uh, I'm taking next one. 
I'm taking Bills. They're they're plus two against the Steelers. Juju is back this weekend, but at the same time, Steelers, they're starting their third string quarterback. And Bills are actually a good team, and I think they can get that win over there. And fourth, Rich, I think you're going to like this one, but also I don't know why you didn't make this pick. I'm taking Dallas plus one over oh Rams. Dallas plus one I over think- Rams. They're on a three-game the- losing streak. Something has to change. Yeah, this is everything. not Dallas that we know. Like, and this is the Rams. Jared Goff, he had dude, the Rams are clicking now. Games. No, no, they. I, dude, I think he had one good game. Jared Goff dude, had one just, good game. I don't know. They're yes. the Rams are back, man. Sean McVay dude, found the locker room. They what, who do, who were they back against? Oh, they're yeah, they're on a two game win streak. Yeah, they're back. that's it against Arizona and Seattle. Oh. Uh-huh. Like I think Dallas has this. Like you guys have a, you guys have all the right pieces in order to be a good team. Like every single piece oh, is calculated and put together in order to be a good team. But why can't the, why can't the Eagles just eliminate us so I, I can oh, just please, be happy and move don't on? Carson Wentz in the playoffs. Because like the thing is that you do you understand how distraught he'll be because he'll get into the playoffs and he's like, oh wait, I need Nick Foles. I'm not ready to be here. This is Nick Foles' time. This is where Nick Foles is supposed to come in. Why'd you guys trade him away? I don't yeah. need that for Carson. But also, dude, Dallas has, like, you guys have one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, one of the top yeah. five running backs in the league, one of the top ten receivers in the league. Some of your uh, your offensive line pieces are some of the best in the league. Your defensive pieces are some of the best in the league. It's just nothing. And we still jealous. suck. And we still suck. Gelling. You we have a kicker suck. who has a leg, but he can hit, kick no, like he, 100. No, he got cut. He got cut. He got cut? Yeah, because... Honestly, it's a, a smart decision. Like, he can kick 100 yards, but he can't kick that 100 yards accurately. He can't even kick 20 yards accurately. Well, well here's the thing. He can only make kicks that are plus 55 yards. Anything like chip shot, he can't make, he which makes no sense to me. He's yarder this year. That's it. No, he's kicked like a, quite a few that are like over 55. Like he won you that prop ticket. But then, yeah, but then like you have that 20 yard chip shot. It's like, yeah, no, I can't do that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't practice for this. You also, you also know what's a, like a sneaky good pick before we wrap this one up? Oakland, 6.5 at home against the Jaguars. Since the Black Cat ran on, ran on the field, Cat teams struggling. The Jaguars have been slapped by like 17 or whatever every single game since the cat appeared. Also, Oakland last game in the black hole ever. Oh shit! Are they? Where are they moving to? They're moving to Vegas, baby. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I remember Marshawn Lynch was against that. Yeah. So I think like this game is like if Oakland doesn't win this game by like 50 because of everything, all the like random little tidbits there that I mentioned, like. They but should also, at the same like, time, the last Oakland team to play a home game, they lost a championship ring. I'm, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was <laughs> yeah. I know you remember that, Rich. So, well, anyways, anyways, we gotta wrap good. this one up. Uh, Kevin, you gotta run. I gotta run. Stick yeah. along for our exclusive post game interview with Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. Really good rookie sharpshooter. Guy's a stud. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Ballandroll.com, best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll, best basketball merch on the web. My name is Rich. My name is Kevin. Here, we got the chemistry going now. There we go. Until next week. Peace.
I got Devin Booker with me. Um, no, just kidding. How does it feel to be compared and to be in the same sentence as, Dev, as Devin Booker? Uh, it's an honor. Um, you know, I still got a long way to go, obviously. Um, he's, a, he's a great player, but it's an honor this, this early in my career, for sure. Uh, he took you under your wing. How did that come about, and how did the initial contact make you feel, especially being, like, one of your best players of your role model? Yeah, um, just, you know, being from Kentucky, both of us, um, you know, both went to school there, so, um, you know, he kind of just hit me up when I was, you know, first committed there, and he, you know, just let me know to, you know, keep working, um, a bright future, so, um, it meant a lot for sure, but, uh, like I said, just continuing to get get better every day. I got to see you in Summer League. You really, you were amazing. You smoked them, you played really well in Summer League. Did that help your confidence, and how did you keep it from getting to your head knowing that you're going to come to, like, the best league in the world? Um, I mean, like I said, you know, every day is a new day. Um, you know, summer league was a great experience for me coming in as a rookie. Uh, so, continuing to you know get better there. But it, it was a, it was a real fun experience. Uh, definitely gave me confidence coming into the season in the summer for sure. Uh, what was your first humbling welcome to the big leagues rook moment, and who gave it to you? Uh, I haven't really had that yet. Nothing, nothing crazy yet. So, I mean, I got dunked on. I think Jabari Parker dunked on me, but uh, nothing crazy yet. Okay. okay. Um, you played the villain for many years, using it as fuel to get to where you are. Is this still the case? You still use it as motivation to get better, even though this is not the type of person you really are. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I just you know use it as fuel. You know, high school and college, um, NBA is a little bit different, especially being a rookie now. Um, so. Not, not as, not as much as now, but I still use, you know, as confidence and try to put, prove people wrong and um, stuff like that. What was the toughest adjustment coming to the big leagues, and has it been difficult fighting the temptations off the court being in Miami? Uh, not, not really. I think, uh, you know, Miami is a beautiful city. I think if you use it right for the right reasons, um, you know, stay, stay away from the distractions and things like that, you'll be fine. Um, and adjustments, biggest adjustments coming from. Uh, uh, yeah, biggest adjustments, I'd say, just all the free time we have. Um, and then it doesn't help being in Miami, obviously. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, just just being able to, you know, have a routine and a schedule, I think that's one thing I learned early on. Who's been, who was on the team that's kept you focused, eye on the prize, getting you better so you could get better and have a long career in the NBA? Uh, Jimmy has really helped me um, being, being a vet and uh, took me, really took me under his wing and really uh, was trying to make me better every day, um, you know, giving me tips and things like that. But Jimmy, Jimmy definitely helped me. Like a new leader. The NBA, like no more hate. Well, even though I'm sure there's hate, but great that you got Devin Booker on your side and you got got some Jimmy. I am such a bonus to that. I don't think many players get to have. Uh, no, that that's one you know good thing about uh, being in Miami. You know, I got a lot of good vets around me that help me and um, you know show me the ways and stuff like that. So I couldn't ask for better better vets. Thanks, Tyler, man. Thank you.